you've heard her voice on EWN, but something you might not have known is that Mia studied at the NWU, and she was also the former news editor at Big FM. We are honored to have Mia Lindeke as one of our 31 women in 31 days. Hi, Mia. How's it going? Hi, Kale. Good and you? Good, good. Thanks. <laughs> so, as you know, I'm still a student, and the fact that my time as a student is running out is busy scaring me to the next level. What was your biggest fear as a student stepping out into the workforce? I think for me was I was scared that I might not find a job and not just an ordinary job, but for me, something that really triggers me, that really makes me want to stand up every day and get out of bed and go and do what I really love. Because being a student on campus, you really get, you love the buzz of being around students. And sometimes what's really scary is going into the big, bad world out there and interacting with people who might have been doing it for years. And they might just criticize you saying, you know, but we've been doing it for so many years. But that is actually the exciting moment now in hindsight knowing what I know now it is actually the best part of your life because you're young and you're coming into the workplace with new exciting technology new ways of looking at things so there's actually nothing to be scared of um, if I could tell my younger Mia um, what I know now I would have said to her go get them girl because it is an exciting time that said, that put me a little bit at ease. I'm not going to lie. No, definitely. And you've been a journalist for a lot of years now. What moment in your career did you decide or did you realize that this is what you want to do for the rest of your life? So I've been doing it for just more than 10 years. So sure, I had to think very hard. There has been a number of turning points in my career, but I think ultimately looking back, um, so I first uh, started off at Jacaranda FM, uh, being a reporter in Afrikaans and English, and that was something different because it's, it's difficult to switch your mind from one moment thinking in Afrikaans and the next moment in English. And then I, after four years, I joined Eyewitness News and that is only English, right? So the turning point for me was standing on a high building of the Pretoria News building, actually, like 10th story, watching as Madiba's uh, hearse crossed the streets of Pretoria, wow. City. Standing there, I was shivering because I'm an Afrikaans girl. Um, I've, I, I went to Afrikaans primary school, high school, went to Buck, only spoke Afrikaans, and here I am, six months into this EWN job. And I mean, I remember how I used to uh, send messages to my boyfriend, who was a bit better in English, and ask him, What is this word in English again? <laughs> And it was a scary moment, and I felt like, you know, what, standing there on top of this building, watching this hearse crossing the street, and people uh, throwing petals over the hearse, and I just realized, you know what, I'm a lucky girl, and this is what I want to do, because I managed to witness history as it unfolds, and nothing ever will come close to that, and I'm still doing it. I'm still witnessing, I've got a front seat witnessing history as it unfolds, and I am the person telling that story and packaging it and making sure that people, when they listen to my stories, they get goosebumps. 
and that is the turning point for me. And I think I will never be able to go back into corporate. I will never be able to go for a nine-to-five job because this is what I love. And this is what gives me the energy to wake up every morning. You said that you were, um, that you were raised Afrikaans. Like, you sound as Afrikaans as it can come with your education mm. and everything. Do you find it difficult sometimes to work in an all-English environment? where Because a lot of your stuff that you can read online, everything, you don't usually work in Afrikaans anymore. No, I hardly ever um, use Afrikaans, but I still remain rooted in Afrikaans. I, when I go home, my surname changes from Mia Lindiki to Vanervald. <laughs> my husband and I, we still speak Afrikaans, and I feel very strong about that. My, I've got a three-year-old daughter, and we make sure that she speaks Afrikaans and English. But I never want to give that Afrikaans, I never wanted to go away, because that is truly who I am, and that defines me to this day. Um, I might be working only in English, but I believe that never lose that, because that gives me that edge, something different. I still, I only work in English, yes, right, but you know what, people are easy, because if you are open about it, I can guarantee you now, 90% of people who I work with here in this newsroom, as I sit here doing this mm-hmm. interview, uh, English is uh, their second language. Um, and that's the beauty of this. So we usually interact with one another and we say, you know what, oh my gosh, what is this name? What is this word in English again? And people are kind to one another because most of us, English is our second language. And it makes me unique and it makes me understand the dynamics of this country. And I'm proud to say that I am born Afrikaans and we sometimes make jokes, but I don't think I would have wanted it any other way. Wow, because I was always scared that going into the workforce, because I'm also very Afrikaans, like I burki Afrikaans, English every time. But it's nice to know that there are still people that are like, that everybody helps you if you're struggling with the English. Mm. I remember days when I used to go to my, because I work in radio, and I, I used to go to my uh, my desk editor, um, she would sub my voices, and there would literally be five minutes left before I need to go on air. And I had a very good relationship with her. We we were friends, and I would ask her, oh, "How do you pronounce this name?" And she will she will spell it for me phonetically. And that is what you treasure, you know. People who yes. help you to get here where you are, where you are now, to a point where people come to me and ask me for advice. And and that's how we grow. And and never be ashamed to ask. Never try to apologize because this is who we are. And and you know, be proud of it. Go and ask for help. Say, oh my goodness, I don't know how do you pronounce this word. I don't know what this word means. Never be shy about your upbringing and being Afrikaans. Yes. Because it is part of who you are. Mm, definitely. And Mia, you do thousands of stories. Like, you have covered almost everything there is to cover. <laughs> Except for Madiba's funeral, what story had an impact on you? Like, what's the story that you'll remember for the rest of your life? There's one story that will stay with me for many years. And... Um, it's quite a sad story. Um, it's Tin, um, Ines Antonio. It's uh, a woman who was stoused with acid by her boyfriend. And I remember that frantic call that we received in the newsroom. I answered the call and um, mm-hmm. and she was looking for help. She her, her, her boyfriend was on the run and we started 
picking up her story and I published the stories. She was in the hospital, covered in bandages and um, and with the help of, you know, telling her story, the police managed to track down this guy who wow. has now been locked up. Um, I covered those those stories and as a journalist, you try not to get too involved because we that's what they tell us in, in journalism yes. school, you know. But there was something in me who realized that this woman needs my support because in the end of the day when we go home we're all just women we're all just fighting our own battles and and i was sitting there in that cold Joburg magistrate court and she sat in next to me when you know the trial started and i supported her and you know to a point where now the trial has been handled the the, the guy or boyfriend has been locked up and we to this day we still send each other messages on mother's day checking in with her how her daughter is doing she wants to know how my daughter is doing and 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 that for me is the beauty and of women you know when when there's a need for it we pull together and we support one another and i remember the day so vividly when when he was um, he was actually sentenced um, and that victory that you know that we all had each other and yes we journalists but at the end of the day it was a victory for women and I will never ever forget that moment that was a very you know a big moment in my career I have literally goosebumps now and I think I'm getting emotional that is so inspiring and the, the relationship that you both formed out of that one story that you didn't know that one phone call was going to change like everything definitely and I mean so uh, many other stories that you know as journalists your stories people think that when you go home your stories end there but it doesn't actually you go home and then you actually think about it because in that moment you just file you just have to get the story out but the moment when you go home that really has an impact on you. I mean, so many, there was a time when I had to cover about three stories, like in the space of a month, where little children died. And it had such a huge wow. impact on my life and my outlook on life. Um, but you know, I just, if there's just one message that I would like to get out there is that journalists are also human, you know, and we do make mistakes. And when we go home, we also sometimes cry about our stories because, you know, people like to see journalists as these vultures but we also have a heart and we also battle with the things that we saw and the things that we have to experience every day and and that's why it's very important for journalists to get counseling because it can have a devastating impact on your life if you don't seek help because we experience we're basically the filters for this world yes. and sometimes we need to unpack it's very it's it's, it's very healthy we need to unpack as well and from what you've said, it sounds like you work without even us knowing it. It's a very emotional work that you do. And it's also a very high pressure environment that you're working in because news needs to get out fast and everything. Mm. What inspires you every morning to keep doing what you do? Changing lives. I, and it sounds very cliche, but I cannot tell you how many people have contacted me after doing the story, you know, humanizing it, being sensitive about the issue. Um, they will contact me months later and say, Mia, thank you for actually changing my life. And you'll be amazed that, you know, we go 
don't simply do the story and it ends there. We move on as journalists, yes. yes. But we never get that opportunity to check in years later, to check in with people and, and ask them, you know, how this story changed their lives. And so many people have actually come back to me and say, Mia, that was a turning point in my life. Thank you. Thank you for treating my story with so much dignity and I think that that for me is the inspiration to continue to do what I do. You know, there's a stigma that journalists destroy lives and careers, but it's not always the case. Yes. We report ethically. If you report ethically, then no career will be, be, be scarred because you just point out the facts. Yes. And you said your um, news editor, if I'm correct, is also women. Yes, um, Matlatsi, yes, our, yes, our news editor at the moment, yes, Matlatsi. And be, how has it been for you, since you've been in the industry for almost 10 years now, how has your experience been in this industry that is sometimes very male-dominated, but you have news have a female news editor, which is wonderful, but there are also a lot of males in the industry. How does it? Ex, how has this experience been for you? Yeah, so I went, when I started off at Chakran FM, I had a male um, editor, and I since I moved to Eyewitness News, I've been fortunate to only work under females. Um, Katie Katipodis was my first editor, um, and now it's Matlatsi Matlatsi. And um, you know what? There is a difference, definitely, and I think we need more females in these positions because personally for me, and obviously I'm a woman, I would say this, but... I say sincerely that I just feel what women gets it sometimes, you know, we, we do yes. get it. Um, we understand stories and we unpack it in a different way. Um, and, and that for me is very important and I'm not saying that men don't get it, but I think this industry, we do need uh, more females to, to understand the humanized stories um, because you know, it's a man's world out there, but we need to dominate the space. Yes. And what was the best advice that you have ever received in your whole lifetime that you would like to also one day carry on to your daughter? Advice in general or advice in terms of my career? General. Oh, every day is a new beginning and no one, matter what happened yesterday, today there's a new page and move forward don't look back and you aren't 16 anymore (laughs) (laughs) sadly not (laughs) if you had the opportunity to turn back time and speak to 16 year old Mia what would you tell her wow I'll tell her that she's going to be okay she does not need to be stressed about her future. I was extremely stressed about my future. Mm-hmm. Uh, perfectionist, I was worried, will I actually do what I wanted to do? I was confused. And I'll tell her, you know what? You'll be okay. You'll be a strong woman. And I was very shy when I was 16. I was bullied. Um, and I'll tell her, you know what? You're going to have victory and you are going to go very far in life. And I, I wish I knew what I know now. Yes, because you have achieved so much. And just today I was reading a new article that you put out. Mm. What you have achieved, Mia, is really inspiring. And that is why you're one of the women that personally inspire me to be the best that I can be and never be afraid to find a story, to tell the truth. Oh, thank you, Soleil. I really appreciate it. Wow, this is amazing. <laughs> 
And Thank you, yeah. In the spirit of Women's Month, who are the women that have inspired you in the past and are still inspiring you today? I'll say my, my first editor, Katie Katapodis. She has pushed me into a very uncomfortable position sometimes and I hated her for that. But she molded someone who can stand tall today and be proud of who I am. It was very uncomfortable at moments and you literally just want to turn around and say, stop pushing me. But I'm thankful for it because I think I'm in a space where I'm happy and I'm, I'm glad that she pushed me and it was uncomfortable, but I'm, I'm glad that I am who I am today. Wow. Mia, thank you so much for talking to us and thank you for sharing and Thank you for the inspirational and amazing women that you are for South Africa and also in the media industry. Thank you, Selene. Thanks so much for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. It is the greatest pleasure. Thank you, Mia. This has been like absolutely amazing talking to you. And I'm I'm very emotional now. I have goosebumps. Like I just want to go home and cry now because this was so amazing. <laughs> oh, don't cry. You must stand up, stand tall and do what we do, God, okay? Thank you so much, Mia. I hope you have a wonderful day.